the name of Jesus. One more time, if you love the Lord, can you shout amen? Three Oaks Church, we love you so much. Amen. Well, it is a fantastic day to be in the house. It's beautiful outside, right? I see some of y'all got stuck. We had a little delay out on the coming into the church this morning. And uh, so I'm glad you made it in here anyway. And, you know, I want to say this real quick. And we get, as they do that, we want to say welcome to all of our friends and family that skipped church to go to the Titans game. Anyway, <laughs> no, we're going to have an amazing day. Thank you for being here. And honestly, thank you, everybody who's joining us online. We're so very grateful to have you in our lives. And today, as we step into the Word of God, I pray that just for all, as for all of us in this house, that the Word that you receive, we pray that you receive that Word as well. And we are grateful to have you here. As a matter of fact, all of you in the house, can we just welcome everybody that's online watching with us? Amen. And all of you online, now give a hand to everybody who came to the building. Oh yeah, that was loud. Did y'all hear that? That was crazy loud. Anyway, so thankful to see everybody today. Uh, today, uh, I was laughing. I, I was getting ready and I FaceTimed my wife and said, hey, you know what? I'm supposed to be on vacation today. I'm not even supposed to be here. I'm supposed to be on the beach with my family. And I said, so, they're all down there. So I FaceTimed my wife and I said, you know what? Today they're gonna get vacation mode. I'm putting my tennis shoes on, I'm wearing my t-shirt and my jeans because... <laughs> anyway, I am grateful, grateful to be here. And uh, I'm always honored to be in this pulpit with my family, and I am so very grateful. Well, as we get ready to step into the Word, I wanted to talk about a few things. We're getting ready next week to step into a new series that is very timely uh, called What Now? What Now? I don't know if you've experienced this in your life, but in, in the place where you are, but, you know, I kind of get to that place where everything shifts so fast that sometimes I'm asking myself, okay, what's the next move? What do we do now? And here's what I keep coming back to. When I start walking into these messages, here's what I want you to understand. You're not going to get a political message. You're not going to get a culture message. You're going to get a, what does the Bible say? All right? Because that's where we get so messed up, is we work off our feelings and what we think should be instead of what Scripture says must be. So it's a matter of truth. So we're going to step into that and we're going to answer some interesting questions. And as I was praying through leading into this, since this is kind of the in-between, I really want to talk about something that I think is so important. Because the one thing that I know is that all of you are going through some stuff. All of you are facing some battles. Some of you are facing battles where you're not sure what your job is going to look like and the things that are going on. Some of you are wrestling with some things with family. Some of you are going through financial issues where, you know, it's just, these, it's life. And then the times that we live in does an extra thrust 
of all the chaos and uncertainty. How many are sick of that word, uncertainty, these uncertain times? Every time I hear that, I go, oh, I'm certain. I am certain of the times. I don't know about you, I am certain. But, <laughs> but then we get in, in this moment, and the world is crying out for a church that knows who it is. The world's crying out for people who are really people of faith, not people of convenience. And I, I just want to preface all of this to tell you that one of the major issues that we have in life and in, in this time in which we live is that there are people who claim faith but don't stand for the Word of God when the rubber meets the road. Now, I don't want to step into, because that'll, that'll just give you kind of a taste of what we're going to be jumping into next week, because the Bible is very clear about this time that we live in. And you're going to find it fascinating, and I hope it'll really help you. People have been asking me, said, man, can you really do a good teaching on the end times and all that? And I'm like, well, you know what? I didn't walk away with my eschatological degree. Uh, everybody has their wheelhouse and, you know, and end time prophetic and stuff has never been my, uh, my cup of tea because I'm like this. I didn't come to Jesus because I was scared of the book of Revelations. I wasn't scared of those things. I came to Jesus because I fell in love with Jesus, right? So I just want to preface that because it's not a time to be fearful. It's a time to be hopeful. So the world's looking for hope. And for us to be the bearers of hope, there is one thing, one thing that I want to point out today that I think is so important is understanding your authority. You've got to know who you are. Because the truth is that so many of us walk so far beneath what God's called us to that it's a miracle sometimes that we've even made it as far as we have. <laughs> have you ever looked at yourself and went, man, I can't even believe God has the grace to put up with me. You know, it's like, I don't know if you have that. Sometimes I look in the mirror or I have a thought or I have something, I go, God, you, you must be a great God of grace and mercy because I'm an idiot. You know, it's like, you have to have those conversations. But when we look at these things, I think it's important for us to remember who we are. So here's what I wanna do. Uh, all across the building, would you stand to your feet and open up your Bibles to the book of Ephesians? And we're going to look in chapter 1 is where we're going to start today. There's a lot of meat here, uh, so we're going to get as far as we can. Ephesians chapter 1, I want to look at verses 16 through 23. 16 through 23. This is in 16, it's kind of catching up. So I just want you to know that this is Paul speaking. He says, I do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you. I want to, I'm going to slow it down on this because there's a few passages you need to grab a hold of. May give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Can you just go ahead and turn to your neighbor and say, I need a revelation today. That the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, 
that you may know what is the hope of his calling. That is so pertinent for this day. What is the hope of his calling? What are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? What is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his mighty power? which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the age which is to come. My goodness. Let me just stay here. And he put all things under his feet and gave him, Jesus, to be head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Let's pray. Father, for the next few minutes of time, God, I pray that you'll begin to speak to each of our hearts. Lord, we all come into this moment with different things going on different challenges, different experiences, different spaces and places in the journey. But Father, I pray that today as we sow the seed of your word, that God, it would find fertile soil in each one of our hearts. That God, your word would convict us. That your word would make us better. And Father, I pray this, that it would bring back a harvest of good in all of our lives. And when we leave our time together, I pray we will all be changed. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. Amen. You can be seated. So the reality is, is we all need to be reminded of who we are. Now, here's what I can confidently say in the house today that I am pretty certain that most of us in this room know who Jesus is. Anybody know who Jesus is, right? We know who Jesus is, right? Now, do we understand, and I just want to get a consensus, do we also understand that Jesus is powerful? Anybody, right? let's Let's just continue this line of thought. How many of you in the house believe today that Jesus is a healer? Right? Okay. How many believe that Jesus is a restorer? All right, let's just keep, let's keep on that thought. How many believe in this room that Jesus is able to do more than we could even ask or imagine? Anybody? Okay, y'all are not getting really excited because that's a pretty excited one to me, but more than I can ask or imagine. Now, here's where it gets interesting. Because he's gone out of his way to teach us that he has commissioned us. Now, I want you to understand, it's, it's different, let's say, uh, as, a, as an employer. Let's say I have an employee in my, in my business, and I call that person in, I pay them, uh, I, you know, they work for me, and I say, I need you to go do this, right? And I expect that to get done, right? Okay. Now, here's a difference. Now, they do that. Why? Because that's their job. They're paid to do that. So how many of you do things that you don't really want to do because you get paid to do it? Anybody? (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. We all have that problem, right? So um, 
So you have that person. Now, let's say you have a son or a daughter that's working for you. And you ask them and you commission them to go do something. Now, here's what the, the difference is. Okay, yeah, it's the same thing. There's, there's this exchange, all these things. But the difference is, is when it's a son or a daughter, they know your heart. And they work in the authority of the father. See, here's the thing. It's, it's, it's kind of funny. I, I was telling one of the girls something the other day. They were, they were talking about something. And they said, you know, we were, we're, I was just doing this. And, and I can't even remember the subject matter. But we were doing this. And, and all of a sudden, I, I heard this. And it came out of my mouth and said, well, this is what my dad wants. And all of a sudden, everybody said, okay. <laughs> there was no argument. There was no conversation. When, okay. Why? And that's not a rhetorical question. Why do you think that happened? The authority of the Father. So here's what I want you to understand. When we receive Jesus, when we become a follower of Christ, we become a son or daughter of God. Right? So if we become a son or daughter of God, and then Christ commissions us to do work for him, we no longer are going just as a bond servant. We're not going as just an employee. We're going as family. Because here's what I tell you, family will fight for you when nobody else will. Family will keep going the extra mile because they go, I've got an investment in this. This is my family. So Jesus gives us a commission, and he says, I need you to go out into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. See, that's where we get quiet. You know why? Because many of us aren't doing that. We're waiting for somebody else to do it. Here's why. Because we're trying to do life in our power, under the authority that we have, the skill set that we have, all these things. Let me tell you, that's not the right way to be doing it. Look at this. This is so important to understand because we have to come to this place where he says, okay, I'm giving you this. I want to give you a revelation of your authority, a revelation of the knowledge that this is the authority I've given you. The authority to do more than you could ever ask or imagine. To do more than what I've just simply called you to do. I didn't call you just to exist. I didn't call you to sit on the seat of a, in, a, in a building. I didn't call you to sit on the sofa and watch Netflix all the time. I called you for a mission to do what I have created you to do. And that's to show people Jesus. And I love it when he says signs and wonders shall follow those who believe. But you know, the big decider is, what about these signs and wonders? What about them? Because some would say, well, there's a reason there's not signs and wonders, because that died out with the age of the apostles and all those things. Stop it. I don't even want to have that conversation because you cannot show me that. You know why? You know why? People say, well, there's this argument, this theological argument. Let me tell you what solves the argument. When I was able to pray for a lady who was blind and the cataracts fell out of her eyes into her hands in front of me. Don't tell me. Right? So I just want you to grab a hold of this understanding that there is more to you than you're living. There is more power in you than you're living. And that's what I want you to grab a hold of today because he says 
that this same power, he even says it here, it's, it's acknowledged later in Scripture too, that he comes to this place and he says it's by the working of his mighty power and then describes what is his mighty power. What is a descriptor of that? It's verse 20, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead. And that wasn't the only thing because that's what we think of. Well, there's a, how can it be any power more powerful than that? So powerful that not only did he raise him from the dead, but he took him and seated him beside himself in heavenly places to where it says everything, this is the coolness of this, that everything in all creation, everything ever created and is to be created, not only in this world, (laughs) but in the world to come, is under his feet. That means he's over it. And then the Bible goes on to tell us that he seated us beside him in heavenly places. See, that's the authority piece. And we look at situations and we look at current places and stuff and, and this fear and this anxiety that's pressing. I get more and more reports from uh, different places and the statistics are staggering. They're growing every single day. The mental health of people are beginning to be, it's beginning to be crippling because the constant pressure of this fear and this anxiety and this unknowing is destroying all of us. Except that if we understand what hope is and where our power comes from and who's in authority, then we can walk into that fear and anxiety and say, this has nothing to do with me. Because it's under my feet. Not because I'm anything special, because I'm a son of God. Because he's told me it's under my feet. I'm seated in heavenly places. That means all those things are under my feet. I may not have a lot of control over some things, but what I do have control is how I'm, my thought process and what I believe and what I know. And here's what I can tell you, because people will say, well, then, then why is all this bad stuff happening? I don't know. Someday I'll know. It's the same thing. Why, does, why do bad things happen in the world? There's a lot of things I look at and go, God, I don't even, man, that's just, come on, God. Because anybody ever had that conversation? It's like, come on, God, just do something. The problem is because we don't see things from an eternal perspective. We see it from our mortality. We see it from a temporal landscape. God sees it from an eternal landscape. And here's what I want you to say in all this is that The reality comes to this, is that the reason that we struggle, the reason that we're dealing with things badly, the reason we have all these pressures that are hitting us and controlling us and and causing all these issues, it shouldn't be that way for the people of God. Because our hope is not in government delivering us. Our hope is not in anything else. Our source is not anywhere else other than the God of this universe, the God of all, the creator, the Lord of all, Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Nisi, Jehovah Shalom. That's where our hope is. And if today, if nothing else, I just simply want to remind you that I get it. I struggle too sometimes. There are times I look at it and sometimes, I'll be honest, there are moments that I go through stuff and I go, what's the point? People are stupid. I mean, I, have you had that conversation with yourself yet or with somebody else? And sometimes looking in the mirror, you go, you, 
But sometimes I'm like going, there wouldn't I don't understand. I don't understand. I, I look at the state of our government, I look at the state of our nation, and sometimes I just shake my head and I go, I, I just, what level of stupidity can we go to next? What'd you hear that groan? Oh, uh, I don't know if you can hear that, but it's starting to rise. Oh, uh, that wasn't an accessory either. <laughs> but we have to come to that place that we recognize we respond differently. All right? And, and Grant Ross was even speaking to this stuff, because here's what I want you to understand. We've got to realize we have authority over anxiety. We have authority over fear. We have authority over sickness. We have authority over these things. We may not understand God's plan completely, but what we can do in our job is to speak to it knowing that we are more because of who He is. Man, y'all gonna make me work hard today on my vacation. Let me give you a key thought. Let's just jump right in. So the key thought that I want to share with you first is this, that our fight with the enemy should be with the conscious knowledge that we have authority over him because he is ultimately a beaten foe. Our fight with the enemy should be with the conscious knowledge that we have authority over him because he is ultimately a beaten foe. Jesus has already defeated him for us. Now, right, that's a shout moment, right? That's a shout moment. However, how many of you have always looked at this? Okay, here, I'm looking at this point, Pastor. I'm looking at this thought that you've had that's based on Scripture, and we know it's theologically sound because you did it. <laughs> Our fight with the enemy should be with the conscious, right? This is the, my, my conscious thought. The conscious knowledge that we have authority over him because he is ultimately a beaten foe. Jesus has already defeated him for us. So if he's already been defeated, then why am I having to go through this? Am I, am I just asking some real questions? Why? And I've wrestled with that. I wrestled with it when I was speaking with missionaries that I can't even tell you where they are that we help. And they're telling me about their friends who have been martyred within the last two weeks. I thought you already beat him, Jesus. So why? Why? Why do these things have to happen? And you want to tell what makes me sometimes want to throw my hands up? Because I don't have all the answers. And the truth is, nobody does except Him. And here's what I have come to it's what I said earlier. I don't have His thoughts. Let me rephrase that. His thoughts are higher than mine. In other words, he sees things, this is what I said earlier, from an eternal point of view, where we see things from a temporal, a flesh, a mortal point of view. Because let me tell you something. I don't want people I love to get hurt. I don't want people I love to be uncomfortable. I want everything to be, I want to just walk through this life. We all be happy. We all be, when are we having a barbecue? Let's go have a barbecue. I cry. 
Cholesterol don't even matter anymore. It don't matter. None of it matters. Who cares? Don't, all these different things. We're just going to go have a party. Let's go, let's go have some fun. Let's not worry about anything. It's going to be happy. But how many know that life is just tough sometimes? And somebody said, Pastor, I think we're in the last days. I think Jesus is going to come back any time. And, you know, and they said, where are we at on the timeline? And all these different things, and we'll speak about that some later. But it's kind of funny because I look at it and I go, you know what, let me just stop, slow you down for a minute. Do you think maybe even 15 years ago, some of the believers in China might have been thinking, man, we must be in the tribulation right now, right? While we're sitting over here in our comfortable houses with our cars and our boats and our, our you know, all the things we've got and all that stuff, we're thinking, oh, life's good. It's not true. I just want you to get a perspective. That's all I'm trying to say in all that is shift your perspective from this place of temporal to a place of eternal. And that gives us an understanding. So what I love about this is he's telling us that ultimately, it's like Paul said, whether I live or whether I die, I win. Because in the end, I know where I stand. Whether I live or I die, I know I'm with Jesus. And my faith is strong enough to confront any situation. And let me tell you something. There's a time coming very quickly for a lot of people in this room and they're listening that your faith is going to be contested based upon different things. And you're going to be called on to prove it. I had somebody call me the other day and say, Pastor, I, 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 need, I need you to write a religious exemption for me. I said, oh, really? I said, well, explain that to me. Well, I don't want to take a shot. Okay, I understand that. So talk to me. Well, I just want you to write things that goes against our religion. And I said, okay, well, first of all, because I didn't even know who it was, I said, do you come to our church? And they go, well, I used to. And I went, okay, well, I don't recognize you. We're not a great big church, so I usually can recognize people and all the stuff. She goes, well, it was, you know, it was back at Millersville. Y'all, that was like 30 years ago. I asked her, I said, well, where do you go to church? Where do you attend? Where, what, what, how does that all look? And she goes, well, I haven't been since then. And I said, so let me make this clear. So this is not a religious exemption. It's just, I don't want it. So he, here's my point, is that we come to this place where we, we, we like the idea of faith, but we can't defend what we believe. And then we come to the place now where you're playing catch-up. Oh man, I need to have some information. I need this. I can't tell you how many messages I get. Every, it's kind of it's kind of humorous at some point, and I'm like going, dude, I, you know, it's like, whoo, blows your mind sometimes with the information people want. But the reality is, is that we have to come to the place. The first step for all of this is understanding what is the authority I'm supposed to function under. What authority am I supposed to walk with? And that's what I want to give you really quickly because I want you to understand that we. Have, we're fighting, and what you're stressing about, what you're worried about, is a beaten foe. He's beaten. 
I know it's uncomfortable right now. I know it's kind of a difficult place in all this, but we have to remember that here we are in the thing. And at the end of the time, at the end of all this, we know that God's got a plan and he's working his plan. Whether we, whether we like the way it's working or not, he's working his plan. And all our job is to do is say, God, I'm going to do what you've called me to do in this moment. I'm going to be a light in the darkness. I'm going to be salt to a tasteless world. I'm going to show people the love of Jesus. I'm going to walk and do my best to have signs and wonders follow me. I'm going to be bold in my faith and I'm not going to let anybody go on forever. I'm not going to let anybody steal my joy and I'm not going to let anybody take away my freedom. No, you ain't ready for that. The reality is that the enemy doesn't want you to learn about this authority that you have because you're a believer in Jesus Christ. He does not want you to walk in that because when you do, fear is gone. When you do these things that you're desiring, God starts to do. Some of you are waiting on your miracle. Some of you are waiting on God to do something, and you're thinking, I don't understand why God's not doing it, because it's not in your time. Maybe God is working in the heart of that person that you're so worried about, and God is doing a work that you can't even imagine, and he's working on it, working on it, while you're stressing about it. He's saying, I got this. I think we just have to come to that place where we walk in this anointing that says, I'm not going to worry. I'm going to do what I've been called to do. I'm not going to be lazy. I'm not going to be the Netflix guy that sits down at what they call it, chilling Netflix or Netflix and chill or something like that. I don't even know. I don't have Netflix. But it's that whole, I'm not going to sit down in front of the TV and eat up hours and hours and hours when I've got people that I love who need Jesus. Right? So we come to that place. How do we confront all these things? And here's what I need you to understand. That knowing you have authority is not enough. Knowing that you have authority is not enough. Here's your other key thought, is this. Results only come when we act upon the knowledge that we've been given. Your authority is no good unless you use it. Unless you look at the enemy when he's fighting against you and you say, I ain't having any of that. I'm not going there. You're not going to steal my joy. What does the Bible say about your joy? The joy of the Lord is my strength. So if the enemy steals your joy through anxiety and fear, then he has crippled your strength because now you're depending your strength, you're, you're basing your strength upon how you feel instead of who he is. And he says, I am that I am. He says, I am the ultimate. And he ain't no WWF. That's old. I don't even know if that exists anymore. He is not the, he is the ultimate. And I come to that place where I think what we have to understand in this time is the challenges to our faith are real and they are present. I think there was a movie a long time called A Clear and Present Danger. But here's what I know, and we'll hit on this starting next week. The Bible says there's a time when many will fall away. Who is the many? People like me and you people who have a faith or a form of godliness but deny the power thereof. Where will you stand in that? See, that's not a political question. That's a faith question. 
I'm going to tell you right now. I am so sick of the enemy. I'm so sick of his processes. I'm sick of his strategies. I'm sick of the people that he controls and uses. I am sick of all of it. And I declare right now, I no longer am going to be subject to fear. I don't know about you. I'm no longer going to allow fear to affect my enemy or to affect my dopamine levels. I'm speaking life and I'm speaking hope and I'm speaking discernment. We have to. But we have that authority, everybody. We have that authority. Let me share just a couple scriptures with you, and I'll wrap. Okay. Uh, Turn over with me in Luke. Let's go over to Luke. Wrong way. Yeah. Luke chapter 10, verse 19. Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Uh, let me read that again. That's the, that's, the, uh, that's the version that Jesus carried. That's the King James Version. <laughs> Behold, I give unto you power. Come, can you turn to your friend and say power? I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions. This is fascinating. And over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Now, this is two different meanings of power used in the same passage. I'm, I'm trying to not get too teachery, teachery, but I just want you to grab a hold of this. This is this power to tread on serpents and scorpions, and then over the power of the enemy, that nothing shall by any means by his power or what is out there that can hurt you. So there are two different definitions in the Greek for power and in each of these usages. So let me, let me phrase it this way. It says, I have given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions. And here's what the, I felt like the Lord was speaking to me last night is this, is I've given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions. Serpents and scorpions, become, that's like a mortal issue. That's a flesh issue, right? That's a physical issue. He said, I'm giving you authority over that. I'm giving you authority over all the things in this world that you're afraid of, that you're afraid is going to get you. You know, and and here's what I'm going to tell you something. I don't want to walk and I don't want to tread on scorpions and serpents. Anybody? No. You know, I, I, so it's like one thing, I see, I see people like, you know, Tony Robbins. Y'all heard Tony Robbins, right? And, you know, at his conferences, he has this thing where they walk on live coals, you know? It's like all that stuff. And I'm going, you, you go, y'all crazy. Why do, why do I want to do that? Like, I don't want to do that. It's the same thing in my, in, my, in my life. And it's talking about scorpions and serpents and treading on them. I don't want to, but here's what I know, is if I unwittingly walk into something that I don't understand and I'm walking, I can trust that the blood of Jesus, the power, the authority that he's given me has got me covered. Because I'm walking the path he called me to walk. So I understand that part of that power is this power to tread on serpents and scorpions. And then over all the power of the enemy. So what I want to tell you is it's two things. God says, I got you on both cases. So you're worried about what the world can do to you. He says, I've given you authority over that. And not only have I given you that, I've given you power over the enemy. 
So that means power over the things of darkness, over the spiritual things. When fear attacks you, you've got authority. Speak to it. Say, I will not be afraid. When your child is having night tremors and and all these things, you walk into that room and don't be afraid to declare the word of God. You say, I don't know what to say. Open up the Bible and start reading what God says. Open it up and start declaring. I ain't doing this no more because I know who I am. I know what God's called me to do. You know, I learned this lesson from my wife. I did. Let me tell you something. I raised three girls. Well, Tawana raised three girls. I got to be along for the ride. And, you know, and it's kind of funny because, you know, it's like every, every, every relationship's got, you know, the different personalities involved. And in my household, it's like a, an ocean of estrogen. Basically what that means from a man perspective is you walk in and you don't know what you're walking to. You don't know what you're walking into. They may be arguing and then somebody says, says, well, what do you think, dad? I don't. (laughs) What do you mean? You need to take a position. And Tawana's looking at me, that better be my position. I'm like going, oh God. Because here's what I learned. Here's what happens. Men, take take this. If If you're a young man and you got a family coming up, all you other guys like me, you already know. Leave the room. <laughs> walk away. I kid you not, there's been times I walk in there and go. <laughs> Alex and Michaela were getting close to their wedding. And it, if you've ever had stress in your life, you know a wedding can, un- it can unearth things you didn't even imagine. And uh, Tawana and Michaela were having this little conversation Let's say it was a discussion. No, let's say it was bad. That's why it, it was one of those moments. And, uh, and, and they're, they're going at it, and they're having this discussion. <clears throat> and uh, and I, I don't know why they do that, because I know who's going to win. But anyway, so they're having this discussion, and all this is going on, and it's getting kind of heated because both of them are strong-willed. They all get that from her mama. But they're, they're all that place, you know, and, and they're going on. they got to have the last word, so it never stops, you know. So they're doing this thing. All of a sudden, I'm sitting there, I'm going, my goodness. And I heard in the garage, I heard Alex's motorcycle pull into the garage. And uh, so, I, it, but he didn't come in. So I walked out there. And uh, while this is going on, because, you know, the the kitchen is right beside the garage, so it's not like it's, you know, soundproofed. And uh, so all this is going on, and Alex is out there, and he's sitting there, he goes, I'm just going to work on my motorcycle for a little while. I said, nope, you're coming in here with me. And he goes, I don't want to go in there. And I said, you're coming with me because if you're going to marry into this, you need to know what you're getting into. Now, the reason I say that is this. For a man, we respond differently. Here's what I know about my girls. They can be angry at each other in five minutes, and the next thing they're sitting on the couch hugging each other, telling how much they can't imagine life be without them. Let's go get coffee. Let's go to cave. It's always that way. So you never know what you're getting into. But what I can tell you is when we come to it, it's understanding authority. See, I got so lost in that story. I don't even know why I was telling you now. It's vacation mode. I apologize. But we come into that place where we have to realize that there is an authority that God's given us over all of the flesh things. But he's also given us power over the enemy. That means the spiritual forces. Do you understand that you can speak to that? 
there was a politician that was giving a, a, a speech. And as he was giving the speech, he began to quote scripture. And I've never had this happen to me in my entire life. And as he began to quote scripture, I felt this groaning inside of me. I have never, I don't even know how to describe it, but it was just this, like everything was getting in knots and just this, this whole thing. Like, and the only thing I can describe is the spirit was groaning inside of me. And I was like going, what do I do with this? Because my impulse, my first impulse is like many of you, is anger. And I felt the spirit of God saying, declare over it. And I begin to declare the word of God. See, I think we have to understand that we have that authority in our lives and we need to use it. So I've given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. So let me give you one more key thought and we'll be done. The value of our authority rests in the power that supports it. Let me, let me say it again. The value of our authority rests on the power that supports it, Jesus. Come on, turn to your neighbor and just tell them that's, the, that's, where, our, that's where it comes from. Authority comes from Jesus, right? It is the hope. Now, what, this is where we have to say, what is that hope? Because Ephesians talked about it too. Uh, in the same thing, it says, what is that hope that we have? And it said being reminded of that, being told of that, and, and landing in that. This hope is a certain expectation. A certain expectation that the authority of Christ is part of the inheritance of every believer. So what that means is, I don't necessarily have any more authority than you do. But yet, some people call me in the middle of the night because they're scared. I don't have any more authority than you. I've shown up to people's houses because they're afraid of all this different stuff and think, and all, I'm thinking, why, okay, declare the word of God over it. See, I grew, I grew up, my dad, that was, that was the story of our lives. That's what we did. And I'm not telling you not to do that. I, I mean, I would rather you do that than, than stay bound up. But what I'm trying to tell you is that sometimes, even though sometimes we need a helping hand, I think there's a lot of things that we can look at and say, no, I'm declaring this. I have authority over this because I am a son of God. And I think sometimes you just have to remind yourself of that. That's where that authority comes from, Christ, and he's delegated it to us. So let me just give you two scriptures. Ephesians 6.10, be strong in the Lord and in the power of what? His might. The power of his might. And then I'm going to read one more. 1 Peter 5, verses 8 through 9. And I'm going to read this out of the Amplified. It says, be sober. Well-balanced, this is what it means by sober, well-balanced and self-disciplined. Be alert and cautious at all times. The enemy of yours, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, fiercely hungry, seeking someone to devour. But resist him. Be firm in your faith against his attack, rooted, established, and immovable. He says he is looking, he's seeking for someone to devour. I refuse to be, his, I refuse to be that person because I don't have to be. And that's what I want to speak over you today. You don't have to be the one devoured by fear and anxiety. 
You don't have to be so concerned. I'm not telling you, when I say so concerned, I by no means mean that you don't do anything. I'm telling you to where that fear and anxiety cripple you, stop it. You are a child of the living God. You've been born and bought for a purpose. God knew you before you were ever even thought of by your parents. God knew you and created you for this moment in time. Don't get distracted from the true purpose of what's going on. And that's, this is the time that the church needs to be the greatest light that it's ever been. And let me tell you something. Sometimes you need to understand that sometimes being the light is not what people want. It's what they need. In other words, it reminds you what the Bible says when Jesus says, if they hated me, they're going to hate you. But don't worry. I've already overcome the world. I love that. So, okay, all right. So my challenge for you today is this, is to remind yourself of who you are. Don't let the enemy steal any more of your joy. Don't let the enemy convince you that you're not able. Because I'm going to tell you something right now. The one thing that I've learned in this life is that the things that I'm not able to do, God does. My job is to do what I can do. And when I've done what I can do, he has always, he has never let me down. Not one time, not one time that I've given everything that I have. And I could honestly say, I've given God, I've done, I don't know what else to do. If you tell me one more thing to do or you show, I'll do it too. But God, I'm going to, I've done it. He shows up and he'll do that for you because he's no respecter of persons. It's time to be the church. And it's time for the church to find its voice again. Would you bow your head and close your eyes? Father, today in this place, we know that there are challenges that confront all of us. We know that there are battles that are even yet to come. But we also understand that you've already won the war. That the reality is, is our job is to stay faithful. But God, I pray now that you'd begin to convict our hearts in the places where we have let fear and anxiety, the places where we have allowed different things to take place in our lives that would distract us from who we are. So Father, right now, we declare over every person that they are reminded right now that I am an overcomer through Christ Jesus. I am well able to take this land I am well able to confront the giants. I am equipped because of who is with me. So Father, I pray right now that God, you would inspire us today to work harder for you. That God, when Jesus parts that sky and returns for his church, that God, he would find us working for the Father. Busy about His work. So God, help us to be the believers. And Father, I speak this. I pray, God, for discernment. Discernment about what conversation to even engage in. 
discernment about connections, discernment about conversations, discernment about how we pray, discernment about conversations,